Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. It is time for the MMA DFS Strategy Show right here at AwesomeBoat.com. That is a fighter, Pete Rogers Jr. I am Jason Floyd. Hopefully everyone's having a good Wednesday evening if you're watching us live or or if you're watching us after fact. Hopefully uh, you're having a good start to your week. Hopefully we helped you make a little money last week. As uh, Overall, last week, uh, Pete, uh, UFC, DFS treated me pretty well, man. How, how did it treat you? Absolutely. It was a great week. Um, you know, I really enjoyed the fights from top to bottom. I'll tell you the probably the most impressive performance on the card, and it might shock you, was Bryce Mitchell. I really thought that his grappling looked like he leveled up. I mean, the pressure, a lot of people don't understand how that pressure feels, you know, what it feels like, or like how impressive that is. Mm-hmm. But it was it was like Khabib-esque. It really was. It was really, really impressive. Yeah, it's uh I'll tell you, I was uh heading that Bryce Mitchell fight. I was hoping for a first round stoppage because uh I was I was looking really good on FanDuel. Still look good. I was I was about uh, I think I was about seventeen points off from being optimal. So uh, yeah, it was it was a good night for me on both on both uh, FanDuel and, and on DraftKings. And uh, I will say this: you, you know, if you watched it live before lock, I throw it out there. The ceiling for Dustin Jacoby one fifteen one twenty fight ends. I'm on Facetime with Pete. Those two knockdouts. Put me over one twenty one, and Pete did live up to his end of the bet. He did his push ups. Ah oh, man, I had I actually forgot that. You, you know, I'm actually not surprised you brought that up. I I forgot all about it going into tonight, and uh, yeah, of course, you know, I always you know own up to my end of the bets if uh, if I'm wrong, of course. And uh, your boy, man, he looked great. I told you I did like Dustin Jacoby in our initial breakdown. Um, I didn't think the ceiling was that high. But he just he looked incredible, and it was a perfect example of a kickboxer versus a boxer who, you know, if is too heavy on their front leg and gets leg kicked to death. Yeah, I, I actually talked to Dustin earlier today, and uh, and he had said he goes the leg kick was the game plan. They they really felt that going up against the boxer that the leg kicks were going to be key. Goes out there, uh, Alex Hernandez, who we were a little we were worried about in terms of his pricing on FanDuel. He goes out there. I mean, unbelievable performance that he had. I mean, if you went. All in on the prelims, you did yourself really well. Uh, Adrian Yanez, 
Uh, he had a great knockout. Um, and, and once again, you know, main events not optimal. You know, which I, I think we we do find ourselves always looking at that main event because it is five rounds, whether it's a title fight or non-title fight. You know, these you know these past couple weeks have just shown you you don't have to have that main event because it may not be optimal. Yeah, and I think it's the style of the the main event, and I think we hit the nail on the head last week of how it was going to be a tit for tat kind of slower paced striking battle. I mean, Uriah Hall has output. Um, output problems i should say you know dana white calls him gun shy and he is a bit gun shy uh, especially going up there against his you know his uh his role model in anderson silva sometimes you're a little shell-shocked by the moment and uh you know gets what was it a third round victory jason and that's usually fourth. the worst thing that, fourth round yeah but whatever it was it wasn't optimal it was still a great performance but uh you know arguably lost the first two rounds to anderson silva the first two rounds looked like it was more like the ultimate staring contest yeah I mean, that, that's a problem when you, and you know this as a fighter, when you put two fighters in there that are counter strikers, that's the type of fight you can get. Yeah. And it's a type of fight where you see when somebody gives an opponent too much respect. And that's exactly what Uriah Hall was doing, hoping to, to just lure him in instead of actually initiate the action. But, uh, you know, this week, Jason, we got a, a, a banger of a card, you know, our main event. I think this is a very, very important main event and I'll be rostering it plenty. And I know we uh, we got a general question on, on Twitter. We'll get to that as the show goes on. Of course, if you have a question, you hit those up in our premium Slack channel or right there, right here on YouTube as well. Of course, if you ever have a question, comment, you can always hit us up on, on Twitter. You see our handles there on the screen. I'm at Jason underscore Floyd. Pete is at, at Pete the Heat MMA. Uh, you know, before we kind of get down and break these fights, uh, yesterday was the I actually looked at the betting odds first yesterday. Before I even looked at the DK salaries, because once I see the betting odds, I kind of know where salaries are at. And I will tell you, there were some betting odds on this card that did stick out to me. I was like, okay, all right. I will tell you, as I was going down the lines, my first thought was, oh, man, Pete has got to be excited because I know the fact that it is a Romanoff fight week. So we know you're excited. I was like, he's not the biggest favorite on this card. I go, oh, when Pete sees these salaries, he is going to be excited. Yeah, absolutely. You guys know I love Romanov. I feel like uh, I feel like the friend that just showed his group of friends, um, you know, like a new a new rapper or something, and everybody's on the new rapper. And now you guys are on Romanov and Tom Aspinall. But uh, you know, Romanov is just a stud, and I think this is a great matchup. They were initially supposed to fight each other, um, you know, previously a couple months ago, and I still really like Romanov in the matchup. I think it's a bad ma- matchup for Rogerio de Lima. Um, you saw what Romanov is capable of doing, and I really feel like he can continually impress us. Like I, I think that he can get takedowns and ground and pound and submission ability. The guy's an animal. Yeah, and of course, if you want to see the betting odds uh, for the fight, just go to awesomeo.com right there at the top of the screen. Go to Odd Shopper where you can check out these odds. And uh, already uh, Miles in the chat say, he goes, I was surprised to see Glover, the guy on the win streak, the lower price guy. Yeah, that was probably just because it was right at the top of the screen for me. It is that was the one that sticked out to me of how big of an underdog he was uh, in that one, especially after coming off that great performance he had against Anthony Smith, and then of course uh, you know Tiago Santos coming in off of off of injury. So yeah, that that is something is that did stick out to me. But uh, you know we will break this 
card down for you as we go through this card. Of course, we'll be here till about uh, you know eight twenty-five ish or so. We'll give some time for the PGA guys to get set up with their show. But before we get into the fights, gotta let you know about the Awesome Plus Weekly Pass, which you can get right now for twenty nine ninety five for nearly every DSEF sport out there. Get that Weekly Pass for twenty nine ninety five. Includes full access, all of our premium content and tools. If you're just looking for an MMA Weekly Pass, that is $8.95, so be sure to sign up right now. Awesomeo.com slash join or right there at awesomeo.com, the top left-hand side of the screen. You'll see Awesomeo Plus. Sign up for a Awesomeo Plus Weekly Pass for $29.95. Of course, we're always uh, looking at those tools uh, that Alex puts up on the website of why he is the number one DFS player out there. And uh, we'll let you know about the free MMA premium content we have on the website here as we do go on. But, Pete, uh, let's get kicked off with this card. Talking about the main event, which when this fight was, I mean, of course, it's been delayed a couple of times now due to the issues uh, of uh, COVID with, with both of these guys. Is It was one of those fights that you just, you know, I, I thought was going to be a number one contenders fight. However, it's not a number one contenders fight because of uh, we now know that Israel Adesanya is going to get the title matchup. And I see the reaction right there in the face. It does it a little bit. But uh, Tiago Santos on DK, 8,800 for Glover. He is 7,400. And FanDuel, we got to talk about this. FanDuel has changed their pricing on the main event. It is no longer, you're not paying up anymore for that underdog. Glover Teixeira, $14 on FanDuel, $21 for Tiago Santos. Break it down for us, Pete. Yeah, I think Fandle's been listening to our show of us constantly, you know, yelling at him about how they price the main event. Um, you know, Tiago Santos' initial reaction is he's going to knock out Glover Teixeira, but not so fast, Jason. Uh, you know, Tiago Santos is coming off a very impressive performance against John Jones that, you know, some people say that he could have won that fight. And if you look at the damage he sustained in that fight, his performance is quite impressive. I mean, uh, it tore ACL, MCL, PCL, meniscus in his left knee, required surgery. While the doctor was in, said, guess what? We checked out your right knee, and your right knee's pretty trashed as well. I mean, it, the guy's coming off a very, very serious injury in both legs and getting right back in there facing a hot contender. And it's crazy to call Glover Teixeira a hot contender because Glover is 41 years old. But there are some, are some fighters that show that, you know, age is just a number. And I do think that Glover has never really looked better. Uh, incredible performance against Anthony Smith. The one thing about Glover Teixeira is if he can, you know, take the big shot. Because I will tell you in this matchup, Tiago Santos, who I would say, I, I'm, I'm a little torn in this situation, Jason, because I, I sparred Tiago Santos down in American Top Team. Super nice guy. Had a great sparring session. Um, Glover Teixeira is from Connecticut. And uh, has been in the court in the locker room, uh, you know, for Bellator when I fought a bunch. So I kind of I'm like a fan of both of these guys. But I will tell you that fourteen dollars for Teixeira on Fanduel, seventy four hundred dollars for Teixeira on DraftKings. I think you're talking about a significant bargain if you can get the fight to the ground. That is it. It is a striker versus a a boxer with a really strong ground game because Glover Teixeira has great skills on the feet. He can hang, he can hurt you. And then if it's, that's not working, he can, you know, resort back to his grappling. I think that's the move in this situation. Don't stand up. Try not to get head kicked and knocked out by Tiago Santos. Well, you know, there's certain words we like to say, or at least I like to say here on the show, you know what Tiago Santos likes to do, right? Is that? 
He wants to throw them bungalows at you. Yeah. And, he, and, and he's got that death punch, man. He, he can end Glover's time. Like, I feel like if you are going to be a Glover backer in this one, the thought has got to be this fight goes longer than 12 minutes. If you tell me a stoppage comes within the first two rounds, I think it's Tiago Santos. Now, look, my concern with Tiago Santos is, is, is what you just mentioned. You know, first fight back after, you know, the knee, knee surgeries that he had. That, that is a concern. Um, you know, and, and Glover Shara, I mean, to me, look, Glover cannot have a striking matchup here. He's got to get this fight to the ground. You know, there's you just don't want to sit there and have that that type of fight with with Tiago Santos, who, you know, he's got that death punch. Yeah, I, I would say that uh, Tiago Santos definitely um, with his youth and, uh, you know, his highlight reel, uh, he would look like he is he has the significant striking advantage. But I do think it's close, Jason. I really do. Because Teixeira isn't terrible uh, in regards to striking at all. He has great hands. Um, he presses you forward. And we saw what he can do to you know Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith was landing the jab at will early on and was kind of lighting him up. Glover made adjustments. Glover started to pick him apart, started to hurt him. He has power like crazy. I mean, Tiago Santos, first time back after suffering a major, major injury, to be facing a guy that is a legitimate contender like you're really stacking the odds against them in this situation. So I don't want to overpay for that. I do think the odds should be a lot closer. I feel like the salary should be closer. I thought that this week was probably going to be about the 8,200, 8,000, 8,300, 7,900 type of fight to see this, this salary disparity is a little crazy and a little shocking for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I am, I have plenty of interest in Glover to share. I truly do. And, um, you know, I don't really have too much interest in Justin Gaethje a couple weekends ago, but in this underdog situation, I think you really have to pay attention to it. Yeah, let me get your uh, thoughts on some some things that Ian wrote here uh, in the YouTube chat. He says Tiago has upside, with that same type of unorthodox fighting style leaves opening for a fundamentally sound dude in Glover. Glover is pretty consistently jab straight. Tiago throws all sorts of stuff from every angle and is a dog defending takedowns with great strength for the division? Um, yes, yes and no. I mean, the, the analysis is pretty good. Um, I would say that, you know, Glover is, is basic. Uh, he doesn't do anything, you know, crazy or spectacular or unorthodox. I mean, it's pretty basic boxing base. Uh, mixes in good wrestling and good jiu-jitsu. We have seen Tiago Santos, you know, he's 13-6 and six in the UFC. Glover Teixeira is 14-5. and five. We've seen both of these guys finish... Um, we have seen, you know, Tiago Santos struggle on the mat. Now, in saying that, Tiago Santos is a big guy. He really is. He's 6'2". But, um, you know, I, I think Teixeira matches up pretty well. The, the, it comes down to the, the wrestling. And I do think that Glover Teixeira holds the wrestling advantage here. Now, Tiago Santos needs to stay on the outside, work on picking him apart, make sure he's not kicking too much where Glover can wrap up the kick and take him down. So, very, very interesting matchup. I want to see how these guys look, at, you know, weigh-in day. But uh, I'm splitting my exposure about 60-40. I'll lean towards the underdog. Yeah, of course, uh, this is the MMA Strategy Show. Be sure to hit that thumbs-up button right here on YouTube. Of course, if you're not subscribed to the channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell as well. Of course, uh, this is Strategy Show on Saturday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be MMA Live before Locke will lead you up to UFC Vegas number 13, which uh, – the lock time will be 7 p.m. Eastern time this week. I was getting a little used to those earlier start times. I was liking yeah. that, Pete. 
Yeah, I wish it was always like that. I also felt like the earlier start time is there might be some people who forget to set their lineups and, you know, help chat your contest. Yeah, I want any advantage possible. Exactly, exactly. Now, the co-main event of this fight card, heavyweight matchup between Andre Arlovsky and Tanner Bozer. Uh, there was, uh, you know, a while here for Tanner Bozer, a guy that was just known as a decision machine. That's what he oh. had been. And, uh, man, he has turned things around here in this pandemic era of fighting. Now he's in a co-main event spot against Arlovsky, 8,900 on DK, 7,300 for Arlovsky, and then over on FanDuel, $21 for uh, Bozer and $10 for Arlovsky. Yeah, man, I, you're talking about Tanner Bozer, who a lot of people said that he couldn't even finish a sandwich, and now he's finished back-to-back fighters, uh, Felipe Lins and then Rafael Pozoa. I mean, the guy was a decision machine, has kind of found, finally hit his stride, and uh, it goes to show you that you know, in the heavyweight division, you just never know. And I will tell you that this is a nice spot for Tanner Bozer. I think uh, Andre Orlovsky at 41 years old, his style – what he enjoys doing and striking. So you're only going to be able to do that so much. And he has been finished quite a bit, 18 and 13 in the UFC definitely holds the experience experience advantage here. But I've been kind of writing Arlovsky off for quite some time. And I'll, I'll be pretty open about that. This is a, a point fight back and forth. They both enjoy standing up. They both enjoy trading leg kicks. And then, uh, I just think Tanner Bozer is really the younger guy. Um, I, I think that he can, you know, clip hurt Andre Arlovsky. 8,900 for a guy that is 63% finish rate is not the best, but I do think it's a very nice spot here and I'll have plenty of exposure. My concern would be is, is Arlovsky just tough enough and durable enough to survive these strikes and it's a 15-minute decision and does Bozer bring you the points that you're going to want for a fighter who's eight nine hundred on DK and twenty one dollars over on Fanduel? Yeah, I think the twenty one on Fanduel is a little nuts, um, just because Fanduel construction is a little difficult. But I will say that at eighty nine hundred, sometimes those eight K options are forgotten, and people automatically pay up or um, you know go go to that mid mid price range, and those eighty eight hundred, eighty nine hundred, eighty seven hundred fighters are forgotten. So. I will have some exposure there. I'll, I'll temper expectations based on Arlovsky's toughness. Um, you know, Arlovsky is very skilled on the feet. He could clip and hurt Bozer. It's a very unlikely scenario here. Um, I do think that Bozer, 3-1 in the UFC, he went the full distance against Cyril Gaon, and Cyril Gaon is a guy that I hold to a very, very high standard and I think is going to be a legitimate contender um, at one point in that division. So, Tanner Bozer for me, I think it's a nice spot for him to continue to make a name, and the UFC knows what they're doing in this matchup. Do you know the last time Andre Arlovsky won by stoppage? I would say 2015, something like that. Correct. Travis Brown, which, by the way, if you are a newer fan of MMA and you've never watched that fight, just find it. It is fun for the four minutes and 41 seconds that it lasted. One of the funnest fights that you, 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 you can see. What a mess. Wasn't that like they were both spinning around, like like flailing their arms? But it was a crazy fight, absolutely. Yeah, but that, you know, that would be my only concern about Bose from that spot is just the fact of if he's, uh, you know, just, uh, excuse me, with Arlovsky, is he tough enough just to, uh, you know, stick around there? Um, 
Ian goes, Bozer's name is one of the biggest new risers during COVID. I would be surprised if this is a step up for Bozer to look good against a legend of the sport. Uh, yep. but, yeah, I mean, look, this is this is classic UFC matchmaking. This is what the UFC does. You know, you got a, an older you know fighter who's been around, who's got a name. You got a younger guy that you can that you think that you can develop and and get people excited about. This is what the UFC does. I, I just I would say this, and I agree with you, man. The Fanduel pricing, man, yeah. At twenty one dollars, I feel like I need a stoppage because I don't necessarily see Arlovsky going for takedowns. You know that was one of the things uh, with Kevin uh, Kevin last week against Miles. Is even after the fight was over, I text you. I said, you know what? Even if I don't want to say on on Fanduel because of the takedown defenses, he had like forty points, and I'm like, man, if you got your rest of the lineup is all you know fires with stoppages, he might be optimal just because of how the card goes. But that that didn't take the place here. But man, I. I, I'll have a little Tanner Bozer. I won't have a ton, though. I, and I, I don't see myself having I maybe 5% shares of Orlovsky. I'll virtually have no Orlovsky. Um, and it's kind of like some fighters that I just don't get behind, and he's one of them. Um, I have been wrong a few times. But uh, more often than not, I'm, I'm on the correct end of it. Uh, let's move on to the card. Next up, we got uh, Barcelos versus Taha. Barcelos, 9,100 on DK. Uh, seventy one hundred for Taha, and then over on Fanduel twenty three dollars for Honey Barcelos, and Taha is eight dollars. Let's get your take, man. Man, talk about uh, just a great matchup. Uh, I wish these guys both had full camps for this. I know that Taha has had a full camp, and Honey Barcelos has has virtually stepped up on short notice. Now Barcelos in the division is four zero and is an absolute killer. I think that this guy is a legitimate contender. Um, in the division. He is so, so talented. He can strike with you, you know, power shots and his grappling is just on a whole nother level. He takes people down. He subs them. He grounds them, ground and pounds them. Um, Taha, very physical guy has shown a whole, you know, holes in his game of getting taken down and manipulated on the mat. I think that this is an automatic, a lot of people will look at this and automatically write off Taha. But let me tell you, when a guy steps up on short notice, you don't know how really pre- prepared they are or if they're actually overlooking their, their opponent. So perhaps Barcelos thinks this is a very easy fight for him. He's just going to take him down to get a quick quick victory because if his if his gas tank isn't the best, you know, you're talking about a guy who has had a full camp and uh, Khalid Taha. And I will not be ignoring uh, Taha here at 7,100 based on his price, based on the fact that Barcelos, you know, took the final short notice and that Taha is so strong, um, you know, not the best takedown defense, but has good finishing ability, 85% finishing ability out of 13 victories. I don't think you can, can't ignore this fight. I think uh, he's one of the better underdog plays based on the reasons I just stated, but it's Barcelos on, on paper. If you line these guys up and you, you go skill for skill, Barcelos checks off more boxes than Taha does. That is just the simple, the simple facts. Um, 9,100 for a guy who is an absolute monster, Jason, obviously temper expectations because of the, the, you know, last minute notice, but, uh, should be a good spot. Yeah. Just looking at the, uh, prop best for this one, plus 175 for Barcelos to win by submission. So that kind of tells you where the lines makers are thinking how Barcelos is going to win the fight. Now, if you liked, aha, uh, I look, I would just take the plus three Oh five. Don't don't even chase the money with the prop vest. Just put take the plus three hundred five. But if you wanted to chase some of the prop vest with Taha, 
wins by TKO KO is plus eight ten uh, to win by submission plus twelve seventy five. I would That's rather serious. just take take the plus three oh five and uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, we we talk about it every week. You've got to find those fighters under seventy five hundred on DraftKings and under under fifteen dollars on FanDuel that you think have a good shot to win. And by listening here, I feel like uh, old Pete the Heat's going to have some shares of uh, Taha this week. Yeah, a limited limited play because, you know, for me, I don't play every 7K or 6K option. I chop off some of them and then kind of just uh, spread out my exposure that way just so I can really get the fighters that I want. Uh, Taha is definitely in play because of the reasons I stated, but Barcelo should win this fight. He really should. He's just a better fighter. Now, the fight that uh, I am most interested on this card outside of the main event is the middleweight matchup between Ian Heinish and Brendan Allen. Uh, these two guys have been talking about fighting now for a while. They, they were an LFA, RFA, just never kind of came together. Uh, I will tell you this. When I saw the salaries for this one, it is, uh, it's pretty interesting because we've got a little vice versa action here between DraftKings and FanDuel. DraftKings, Brendan Allen, 8400 Ian Hine is 7,800. Right when I saw that, I was like, ooh, okay. I know who's going to end up in a lot of my lineups. And then over on FanDuel, it's $17 for Ian Heinish, $15 for Brandon Allen. Yeah, I am really interested to see this matchup. Um, I think that we have seen both of these guys exposed in a way, even though Brandon Allen is 3-0 in the UFC. He hasn't had, uh, he hasn't coasted to wins. Like he's been put in bad positions as well. Um, he's kind of shown a susceptibility to get reversed or put on his back or just shaken off. Ian Heinish has struggled as well. And if you look at what, you know, who Ian Heinish has fought, he's fought better grapplers than Brennan Allen to this point. Brennan Allen is extremely young and it blows my mind. He's 24. He is 24 years old and he had, he's three and all in the UFC, uh, 87% finish rate overall going up against uh, Ian Heinish, who actually has less fights than Brennan Allen. 14-3, 50% finish rate. I think it comes down to the matchup, and Ian Heinish is a very good wrestler. A lot of people don't give him credit, but he is a very good wrestler, um, has you know exceptional power, and it's kind of like uh, like secret, like not too many people respect it. You did see it against Gerald Mershart, how we put him down, put him out pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I like the 7,800 Ian Heinish. I really do. On DraftKings, I will, I, and, and I understand why you're shaking your head. And it's because no, of No, how- no, 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 no. I'm agreeing with you, bro. Oh. I am all over Ian Hines in this oh, matchup. Okay. I, I, yeah. like, look, I, I think that if Brent, you know, to me, what would be interesting about this matchup, if it becomes a grappling matchup, that yeah. to me is where I look at Brent now. And I think that would be more of his world in this matchup. But when I saw the price on DraftKings, I was like, if you told me the price point was eighty four hundred and seventy eight hundred, I would have said, "All right, Ian Hines is eighty four hundred." Yeah, I would yeah. not have guessed Brandon Allen was the eighty four hundred fighter. Yeah, I mean, this fight screams scramble city, not takedown city, scramble city. Like they're they're going to be going back and forth, putting you in a bad position, putting you there, dirty boxing. It's going to be an ugly but exciting fight, and I think an ugly fight favors Ian Hines. I really do. I think that he thrives in situations like that. I know how he's going to respond in fights like that. Whereas Brennan Allen, 3-0 in the UFC, but I, I think that he has some notable wins. 
but they're not flawless victories by any means. And I, I wonder if the going gets tough, does he somewhat break? I will say that Brendan Allen looks like he is now at Sanford MMA, um, or maybe he did a split camp, which is interesting. Um, you know, leading up to this fight, Ian Heinish has talked about his struggles with camps. You talk about Thailand. Now he he's did most of his camp in Vegas for this fight um, or previous fight. But like, this is an interesting matchup. I think you need to smash your exposure here. 7,800 for Heinish. If you look at what he's averaged on DraftKings, 65 points. And that's what I thought you were shaking your head at is kind of, it's not the best score depending on how the fight goes. I think that you could see an elevated score based on advances, reversals, um, knockdowns, takedowns, everything. I'm really excited for this fight. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's one of these fights that, uh, you know, when you're talking about what's going to be an optimal lineup, I think this is a fight that you definitely have to look at. Uh, You know, Miles saying must roster this one. Uh, Eric saying Allen $15 is ignorant on FanDuel. Uh, Ian saying Heinish is likely my fighter I'll be most overexposed to compared to the field. Great finishing upside aside from Dusty Merkel. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sure. Yeah, I, I think I'll probably be overexposed as well on, on Ian Heinrich and his price. It all comes down to, to price point here. I, I, I just like the value at, at 7800 but I really like this fight. And you bring up a great point. This could be a fight on DK where you could rack up some points on those advances. Yeah, I think for me, right, it's a very close fight, as the odds suggest. Minus 110 for each of them. I think it's based on based on the site you're at, right? Like Heinish, 7800 he's a DraftKings play. Allen at 15, those $2 on Fandle definitely help you out. They really do. So I think depending on the site, you just use whichever's cheaper. No, I absolutely agree with you. Of course, uh, if you do have any for our premium subscribers, you have any questions, hit those up in our Slack channel, and I will get to those questions as they do uh, come in. And, and now my second fight on the undercard that I like the most is the female matchup of Claudia Gadelia and Jan Jinan. $7,900 for, for Claudia. She's $15. On Fanduel, eighty three hundred for her opponent and seventeen dollars on Fanduel. I think I'm going to shock some people this week, Jason, with with who I'm backing and who I'm not. Oh, I'm not. Whoa, whoa, whoa. are you about to back Claudia Gadelia when? Uh, no. I, I, oh, okay. I mean, no. I I just know we've had some conversations in relation to Claudia Gadelia and her coaching staff of like, have they forgotten she's a grappler? Nope. And that's what that's exactly why I can't get behind Claudia Gadelia. I think it's a trap. And the reason I think it's a trap is because everybody on the outside, we know her easiest path to victory for her fights, right? Mm-hmm. Exceptional grappler, good wrestler, holds an advantage in that department over a majority of the division. Good striker, can survive in striking matchups, has fallen in love with her hands based on her coaching staff with Mark Henry 
and the guys around Nick Catone, MMA and Ricardo Almeida, all, all those guys around there. Um, I'm not falling for Claudia Gadelia here because I will say that Yan Zhao Nan coming in at $8,317 on FanDuel, high volume striker, high volume striker, and very good at distance management, uh, can keep Claudia away from her. Does have some good grappling as well. Probably not as good as takedown defense. Her takedown offense is pretty good. Um, as long as she can avoid getting just, uh, you know, blanketed on the mat by Claudia Gadelia, which is unlikely because Claudia will not go that route. Mm-hmm. I think this is Zhao Nan's fight. I really do. I think that Claudia will, you know, will be behind from the get-go. Three strikes per minute compared to Zhao Nan 6.7. And if you watch Zhao Nan, she has some pretty notable wins over Angela Hill, uh, Kovacavich as well. Like the girl, she looks good when she goes. And uh, her her competition outside the UFC isn't that impressive. So if you're looking and comparing resumes, obviously Claudia Gadelia is going to look like she's fought the tougher opposition. I can't argue that. That's the truth. She has. But guess what? I'm also I'm also looking at Zhao Nan as a rising fighter and a Claudia Gadelia as somewhat of a plateau fighter where I feel like she's kind of been the same and hasn't changed her game plan and is straying away from becoming elite by not doing that. So for me, I think Zhao Nan is so talented. Based on her volume, man, 8,300, I'm with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just – you agree with a great point. It's, you know, with what we've seen with Claudia and Mark Henry, it's just – I, I have concerns, you know, I mean, but if she does go that takedown round, you know, on the FanDuel side of things, that's something you got to think about with her opponent there. By the way, the prop bet fight goes to decision minus 270. Yeah, throw your mortgage on it. Yeah, you know, uh, man, that I think it's going to be a decision. Um, and I think it's going to be another moment where Claudia's going to have to sit back and really just kind of figure out, okay, what are the real changes I need to make to my game? Um, you know, I like Zhao Nan, man, quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fight that I, I think has got a, a high probability of going 15 minutes. So I think that's something you got to think about in terms of building your rosters. Now, when you're looking to build your lineup for this week's UFC event, you got to go over to awesomeo.com. Free premium content right now on the website, MMA Top Fighters Tool. Go over there, check out that tool. It's a tool that Alex puts together each and every week. As uh, This week it is free for our for on the website, MMA Top Fighters Tool. So you got to check that out right now over at awesomeo.com. Next up, we got Trevin Giles taking on Bavon Lewis. Trevin Giles, 8,000. Bavon Lewis, 8,200. And they're both $16 on FanDuel. Uh, of course, we all remember what happened with Trevin Giles uh, in his last fight. There's an article, I want to say it's up on MMAJunkie.com, as he uh, talked about uh, what happened in, in terms of that. But, uh, Pete, uh, break this one down for us. Gosh. Well, my favorite price point, 8200 8, and, you know, usually one of the toughest fights to call, if not the toughest fight to call. I will say that you have an overhyped prospect in Bavon Lewis coming, you know, he was touted by John Jones as mm-hmm. uh, the next big thing, fell short in the UFC for a little bit, came back, um, looked really good on the contender series and had a very good performance. It looks like he's somewhat matured. Didn't really have the easiest fights in the UFC. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. You think he would he debut against Uriah Hall and then lost a the decision to Darren Stewart. 
And if we look what Darren Stewart has really done since getting, well, Darren, this was before Darren Stewart left the UFC, but Darren Stewart overall has been impressive, arguably beat Kevin Holland. He really did. Like that fight was very, very close. So those are two fights and Uriah Hall just KO'd Anderson Silva. So what are we talking about here? Bavon Lewis, 8,200, very good striker, going to be the bigger guy in the cage, three-inch height advantage, five-inch reach advantage. Um, not the best finishing ability, 43% out of his seven victories. A little worrisome. Trevin Giles, he's kind of a mediocre talent, in my opinion, for the UFC. Uh, good hands, okay wrestling, um, 83% finish rate. He was really – I think his skills – showed off better on the regional scene than they are in the UFC. Uh, James Krause took a fight on what, what was it, Jason? 24 hours notice or something yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah 20, uh, 24, oh, 30 hours. Yeah. And it was a very, very close fight. Um, some people think that, you know, maybe that fight wasn't his. It was a split decision win over James Krause. I will say that it hurts me to say, but I do think that Bavon Lewis could be finding his stride. We don't really know what happened to Trevin Giles in the back. Um, could have been anxiety. I didn't get get a chance to read that article. I don't know if you did. Um, you know, I'm leaning Bavon Lewis, and it really hurts me to say. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I've I've I just kind of read the highlight, read the highlights uh, of the article, but you know, it, the question is, is kind of you know, you I guess you always kind of in the back of your mind, you wonder, is there going to be any issues? this time around or not. Um, and obviously, you know, stepping back in there, I mean, clearly, obviously he's been cleared by doctors and, and all those lines, but I mean, look, Bavon Lewis is a guy that people really have towered up for a long time. And, uh, you know, to me, you know, I, I think it's one of those fights where you, you want to roster it, but you also, you don't feel good about it. Yeah, I definitely don't feel good about it. I don't think you can. I don't think you can trust either one of them. Um, it's very hard to trust either one. I don't know who you really trust more at this point. I mean, Bavon Lewis will be making his return debut. So how does he handle that? How does Trevin Giles handle the anxieties and the pressure of passing out backstage? I will tell you that fighting is one of the most, one of the most difficult things you can do. And it is a gut check, but more than anything, it is a mental battle. Like plenty of fighters in the back, and early on in my career, like you struggle with that mental side of the fight game more than the mm-hmm. physical. Once you get in the cage and you hear the bell ring and you get hit once, trust me, you are not nervous about a thing. Like I'm, you know, you are not nervous about a thing. But in the back, you are contemplating all possibilities. What could happen? Um, I hope Trevor Giles is all right, and I don't want like him to suffer another anxiety attack. If it was. But uh, I'm favoring Bavon Lewis because of all the unknowns. Yeah, it's uh, be you know, I I, I definitely I, I feel like I'll have more shares of Bavon Lewis than, than I will Trevin Giles. Next up, we just got Jacazy and Simmons. Simmons sixty nine hundred on DK, ninety three hundred for Jacazy. Uh, no pricing on Fanduel when I put my sheet together here earlier on today. Uh, I guess the question is, are you are you paying enough for Jacazy? Uh, I will. I will. I think it's pretty crazy that he is a almost a minus 500 favorite. Uh, there's no reason why he should lose this fight to Simmons. I mean, Jakaze is a, you know, really, really talented striker. Um, actually looked better than ever in his previous performance against a guy that is a hell of a lot better than Simmons. 
a hell of a lot better than Simmons. Omar Morales really throws heat, has good grappling, and Chikadze picked them apart. He literally picked them apart. He took them to school. Um, and I think this is another spot where Chikadze is going to do the same. Simmons does have some pop in his punches and is aggressive. So anytime we're talking about an overlooked fighter who is extremely aggressive, you know, I always bring up Justin James against Frank, you know, you know what I mean? Like you have to give them respect in that regard. But I think this is just a nice matchup for Chikadze. And uh, they think that they got something here. The kid's going to be five and zero in the UFC. Yeah, man, it's uh, I mean, a big price point, and we'll, we'll see what the. I mean, the fact that he's ninety three hundred on DK, you. I mean, he's going to be well north of twenty dollars on, on Fanduel. I mean, and that's going to be the question of, you know, if it's a if it's a fifteen minute decision, I, I can't see paying that kind of price on Fanduel. I yeah, I would agree. I I just really don't know if Jamie Simmons can really survive for fifteen minutes, and that's the truth. I mean, Jamie Simmons has been finished on the regional scene, uh, round one loss to a knee against Jake Childers, uh, round one guillotine lost. That's, you know, he's not going to get submitted by Giga Chikaze, but getting knocked out, clipped, hurt, finished, definitely possible. Giga should win this fight very easily. Now, uh, we all know Saturday is going to be pizza. It's like a national holiday for Pete because it means it's a Romanoff fight week. Uh, I guess, I mean, look, he's he's 9,000 on DK, 7,200 for Marcos Ruggiero de Lima, $22 on FanDuel. Uh, for Romanoff, nine dollars on FanDuel. I think in, in terms of this fight, is look a good portion of you know if you're playing these big GPs are going to have Romanoff in your in their lineup. You know, my imagine is you're probably going to be six or seven out of ten lineups are going to have Romanoff in it. So you got to. I think the thought has got to be is can you fade Romanoff at all this week? I really don't think so. I really don't, Jason. Um... You know, I'll probably fade fade it to just get a little contrarian, but majority of my lineups need to have Romanov in it, and the reason is is because of the matchup. Rogerio de Lima has shown a big, big gaping hole on the map, and uh, if he can get controlled by lesser opposition, Stefan Struve, um, I shouldn't say Ovid St. Preux is, is, is uh, not at Romanov's level, but I do think that it's a similar type of style. Uh, the big one that sticks out, uh, Antigolov. Guys that are that are losing to Antigolov, man, I really don't really want to back them at all. Uh, Nikita Krylov, Stefan Struve, like he's been he's been taken down several times. He has been passed, mounted, taken his back, choked out. Romanov's going to do all that. Romanov might throw him out of the cage. He might drag him, pull him back in the cage. I think Romanov is going to put on another highlight performance. He'll start, you know, belly to back suplex and everybody belly to belly suplex and everybody he might even throw the ref. I don't know. I'm excited. Every time this guy steps in the cage, Jason, I want to watch, um, you know, I coach a lot of he- heavyweight fighters as well. And even before Romanov made his debut, I told my guys and I showed videos of, of him. And I said, I want you guys to work towards emulating your style like him. You know, what? because I have a lot of strong grapplers and I think that it's a perfect style. It's almost what DC was doing before and what DC, what DC should have been doing all along to everybody. When you hold such a, such a grappling and wrestling advantage over your opposition, Romanov at 9,000, Jason. I love it. I love it. And Rogerio Lema, unless Romanov gets tired from beating a 
beating the crap out of Rogerio de Lima. I really don't see how he, uh, how he loses his fight. All right. Over under one thirteen and a half points on DK for Romanoff. Over. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't want to set the number too high. Yeah. Yeah. No, over bro. Over. Yeah. He is, uh, he is in a great matchup and he's already studied Rogerio de Lima. It's not like he's getting a monkey wrench thrown to him where he's fighting somebody on short notice that he doesn't know. They've already studied each other. Rogerio de Lima is going to try to keep the feet, keep the fight on the feet, trying to knock him out. Uh, he has crazy pow- punching power. Can definitely clip Romanoff. If you want a contrarian approach, you know, throw Ro- uh, Rogerio de Lima in one out of 10 because I can't do it. But if you want to be contrarian, you can do it. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was going to say, hey, what what is the path to victory for for uh, Delima? Do not let Romanov grab you at all. <laughs> do not try to tire out Romanov, but do not let Romanov grab you at all because he's going to take him down. Rogerio Delima's uh, six and four in the UFC, Jason, and holds a thirty six percent takedown defensive rating. Horrible rating for a guy going up against one of the best wrestlers we've seen in the heavyweight division. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, everyone's going to be on Romanoff. But, of course, we know Pete. I mean, Pete might have 100% Romanoff. Who knows? Yeah, I'm planting uh, my flag. I will. <laughs> Next up, uh, we got Darren Elkins taking on Eduardo Gargarori, who 8,700 for Darren Elkins. The damage. It's it's I, Every time I see that tattoo, I'm like, oh, man. That, that's the problem. He likes to take damage. You know, are, are you willing to pay 8,700 for the damage here? Yep, I will. And I think that I shocked myself by saying that. But I think it's the matchup, man. I think uh, Eduardo Eduardo Garagori is not one of the most talented fighters at 145 pounds. Darren Elkins is on a four-fight losing streak, which is always a little worrisome because, uh, you know, the guy has taken a ton of damage, you know, no pun intended, over his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look at who he's fought, his past four opponents, Nate Landwehr, Ryan Hall, Ricardo Lamas, Alexander Volkanovsky, all studs. All studs. I will even call Nate Landwehr a stud. I will. Um, Garagori, regional, regional talented fighter, you know, 13 and one, gets exposed in the UFC, hasn't fought the best opposition, um, needs to keep the fight on the feet. Elkins, despite taking so much damage, is really, really tough and um, pushes the pace. And I think the pace breaks a lot of people. And, you know, between chain and takedowns together, relentless striking, grappling, he gets in your face. He knows what it, what his game plan is, Jason, and he sticks to it, and he tries going back to that well over and over. And it usually breaks his opponents. Garagori here is in a nice spot from a damage perspective of him being able to take advantage of Darren Elkins' career and, and possibly catching him on the chin and finishing him. I really think it's quite unlikely. I think Elkins here at 8700 is priced appropriately. I think it's a nice spot for him to get back in the win column. Um, if he loses to Eduardo Garagori, I would imagine he's, you know, possibly done in the UFC. I mean, that would, that would be five fights in a row that he's lost, but I think that the UFC does want him to win here. Uh, next up, we have got Max Griffin taking on Brahima Griffin, 8,600 Brahima, 7,700 then $19 on FanDuel, $12 on uh, for Brahima. I think that this is a very nice underdog spot for Brahima. And I will say that Brahima is 7,700 priced appropriately um, making his UFC debut. Don't really know what we're going to get comes out of a very, very strong gym in Fortis MMA. 
look what Fortis has done, Jason, especially during quarantine. They've been really the the spotlight of the gyms that, you know, they, they've been excelling in all spots. Max Griffin is three and six in the UFC. Bit of a rough patch here, man. You know, you know what you're going to get in Max Griffin. It's going to be a lot of distance striking, good, good hands, but usually resorts to takedowns to, uh, to win his fights and uh, put his opposition in bad spots. You know, we'll strike with you enough and get takedowns to win rounds. The problem in this situation is I do think that he is not the better grappler. I do think that Brahima is, uh, is the better grappler here. Hunts submissions like no other. Um, comes in at eight and two. Does have a hundred percent finish rate. I mean, I don't like putting so much stock in a in a debuting fighter because you just don't know how they're going to react to the lights, the bright lights, and everything. But uh, I do think that Brahima does have a, a nice future in the division based on his finishing ability. High, high, highly skilled on the mat. Um, I mean, he's he's medaled in in worlds in jujitsu the guy's going to hunt takedowns. He's going to try to take Max Griffin to take down city. And, you know, Griffin does have a 66% takedown defensive rating, but I do think that we have seen in certain matchups, he can get outworked on the mat. Um, yeah, give me the underdog here, Jason. I I'm really liking a lot of underdogs this week. Um, you know, I, I think that some fighters are mispriced. So give me Brahima. And then our first fight of the night is going to be Gustavo Lopez taking on the returning Anthony Burchak. No pricing on on DraftKings. On FanDuel, we do have a price for Lopez, $18. Uh, you know, it's been a while since we've seen Anthony Burchak in the UFC. He is back here. He's won back-to-back fights, most recently uh, in, in LFA. But uh, break this one down for us. Man, so you have Lopez who debuted against uh, Marab. So, Talk about a guy just willing to go to takedown city. And uh, he did go to takedown city. I think he was taken down like 18 times or something absolutely ridiculous. But in doing so, he is so tough that he did not give up. I know Marab doesn't have the best finishing ability, but the guy tried to work towards his feet to defend some takedowns. Um, you know, and when a guy is on short notice getting absolutely mauled and he's still trying to fight, you have my attention. And I know that sounds like, you know, that that's how all fighters should be. But let me tell you, it's very difficult to keep a high pace or to keep standing back up or to keep trying to be competitive in a fight. I mean, if you think about it, there's no reason why Marab should have taken him down 18 times or whatever it was. He should have taken him down a few times and kept them down with, with good ground control. So Lopez clearly did some things right in the matchup. Burchak coming back to the UFC was two and two in the UFC. Both these guys have pretty high finish rates. 91% for Lopez, 81% for Burchak. I really got to see these. Uh, I got to see the weigh-ins first, but I also want to see the salaries. I want to see what these guys are priced like, because if Lopez is high, I probably will be underweight on it because, you know, Burchak's no, no, no slouch. Um, if they're close, I would... I would, I might actually lean Lopez to be honest, um, based on the toughness and he's been in the cage more recent in the UFC, but it's very tough to, to really, you know, put my finger on what we're going to, which direction we're going to go. Uh, definitely keep your eyes and ears on, on the, on the, uh, live before lock show on Saturday. We'll break this down even more. We'll have salaries. Finally, we'll have some odds. Um, and then we'll actually have the weigh-ins as well. Of course, uh, right now it is the MMA Strategy Show. If you ever do miss our our show live on Wednesday nights, it is a part of the Awesomeo 
Podcast Network. Of course, all of our shows are available right here on YouTube, but also we are also available on the Awesome Podcast Network. Give us a, give us a five star review. That does help us out a lot. And when you do that, you'll be entered into a monthly draw for a free Platinum Plus Platinum Plus subscription. Make sure to leave your Twitter handle or Awesome username so we can contact you. But uh, time for fight picks. As of course coming up uh, next year on Awesome.com is the PGA show. So uh, let's start off right with the main event: Tiago Santos and Glover Teixeira. You're torn. You're torn. Teixeira. Give me Mr. Bungalows. Give me Tiago Santos. Okay. Uh, Andre Arlovski, Tanner Bozer. Bozer. I agree. Uh, Honey Barcelos, uh, Barcelo, Barcelos, and Khalid Taha. Barcelos. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, if yours break down, I think you know who my pick is here. Ian Heinish and Brent Allen. Give me Ian Heinish. It's a close fight. Ian Heinish. Uh, Kadelia, Janon. Give me Janon. Yeah, Janon for me. Uh, Giles Lewis. Lewis. I will go uh, Lewis as well. Chikaze Simmons. Chikaze, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Do I really have to ask? Yeah. Do I have Roman to ask Roman Offer to leave my, I mean, I, I think anyone who's, who knows you knows Roman Offer is big. Uh, I'm guessing you like Darren Elkins. I do. I like Elkins. Uh, Griffin Brahima. Brahima. I'm going to go with the upset there as well. I, I like back and forth as fighters. Uh, then we got Lopez and Beerchak. Tough fight to call, man. I'm going to go Lopez. I actually think I surprised myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Lopez there as well. Of course, uh, we'll uh, get some uh, questions in here before we get out of here on this edition of the Strategy Show as I uh, kind of scroll through some of the questions here in terms of it. Um, let's see here. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, Samuel popping in his usual questions. Top two favors, top two underdogs, upset of the night. Let's go upset of the night first off. Um, Glover. Ooh, you're going Glover. Um, Gustavo Lopez is plus one forty five. So give me Gustavo Lopez. They have the line for that. Yeah, I just yeah, it's up right now. Yeah, plus one forty five. Wow. Okay. Uh, top two favorites. Well. We already know who one of yours is. Yeah, I will go Bozer though. I like that. Yeah, I, I would. I I feel good about that. I think uh, that's a safe pick. Top two Bozer underdogs. Uh, top two underdogs on on, on DraftKings. Ian Hines should be my number one. I think this guy. I think that the, I. I think you have to have the winner of that fight. I think. Top two underdogs. Top two underdogs. Brahima will be my second one. Brahima and Teixeira for me. Yeah. Uh, top cash and top GPP. Top cash. Bozer. Yeah. And then Romanoff's got to be GPP. I think he could be cash too, though. But. Yeah. I mean, he's he's probably the, the best cash option. He's the safest play probably on the card. Yeah, he's just he's gonna be he's gonna be chalky. I mean, and right. you, you you know that when you put him in your lineup, he's gonna be chalky. It doesn't matter what slate you put him on. I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be a chalky guy. Um, but we all know that. 
Uh, by the way, uh, just a reminder, the MMA Top Fire Tool is our free premium content over at awesomeo.com. Uh, Barcelos or Bozer in DraftKings? I would say that Barcelos has a higher upside, but I do think that Bozer, um, I do like, I don't have too many questions about Bozer in that situation because he's not taking the fight on short notice. Barcelos is taking the fight on short notice. You don't know how good his cardio is. You know, and that's one thing. If Kalita has been training takedown defense extensively, if he stuffs a few of Barcelos' takedowns, why can't he win the fight? I mean, he could. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say Bozer in that situation. And let's leave on this question. Main event worth stacking in DraftKings cash. No. No. I don't think so, at least. I mean, it's hard to stack when one fighter's high-priced and the other fighter's low-priced. If they are both mid, I guess it kind of makes a little bit more sense. Um, Tiago Santos would have to still outperform a lot of eight or 9,000 options, um, but also Teixeira would have to do enough in a loss. Um, I, I don't know. I'd try it maybe in one. Yeah, I'm just I'm not a big I'm just not a big cash person in stacking cash. I'm just not. Uh, it's just not not something I like to do. But uh, that is going to wrap it up for the MMA Strategy Show. Coming up next, it'll be the fantasy golf lineup for the Houston Open. As guys will get you ready for the PGA event this week, myself and Pete will be back on Saturday for MMA Live Before Lock, which will start at 5:30 p.m. Eastern Time. We will talk to you then. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more.